At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is VSIN Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Somebody call Life Alert. I have fallen and I cannot get up. Um, I am broken mentally, physically, emotionally, and financially after what took place on Monday Night Football last night. Uh, alongside Matt Brown, I'm Stormy Bonantoni. Welcome to VEASAN Final Countdown, where the mood is significantly lower than normal oh, to no. start the show. It's not. For one of us here on the desk. It's not. I mean, listen, I had lost everything last night from from a betting standpoint. So, I mean, they're, they're Yes. Sad. So, everything that we talked about yesterday, how Broncos <laughs> and over um, is the public play. It's how we certainly feel the game is going to go. We're like, you know, just because we said that, it's going to go the opposite direction. Because all of us are on Russell Wilson over a passing touchdown and a half, he's definitely not going to get mm-hmm. one. By the way, Russell Wilson's 340 yards were the most in his career in any game with which he did not throw more than a lone touchdown pass. So that's really fun to sink in for us. But for a night that we anticipated going in to Seattle would be all about, you know, Russell Wilson's triumphant return, first time in a Broncos uniform in front of the 12s, probably going to beat up on him. All of that went away because of poor coaching decisions, time management, and mistakes. Yeah, I mean, if you look at this one, I mean, if you had a if you had a Broncos ticket in this, I don't think that you should beat yourself up over it. And if you had a Seahawks ticket, I don't think that you should be bragging and doing victory laps today. And it's kind of the same thing from a total perspective with all this. I mean, if you take a look at how this game kind of played out, this is we did see at least a little bit of a theme here in week one. And a lot of that was that these teams that didn't play any of their starters in the preseason 
found a little bit more difficulty than some of the teams that did, and certainly the ones that that didn't play at least started out slow. And and what we saw with this Broncos team was just that. I mean, you you take a look here, and it doesn't really it doesn't really show this in the final statistics for Russell Wilson, but. One of the things that we were texting about, and if you know you follow us on the Twitter machine, stuff that we were kind of discussing. I mean, the wide receiver group that we were talking about that was such a strength coming into when this game. They, when did he finally target Jerry Judy for they, that touchdown? They did not. None of the wide receivers had a target through 22 minutes. 22 in this game. minutes, and it was Jerry Judy's touchdown yeah. catch. Finally, they get a wide receiver target 22 minutes into the game, and like. This is one of those things where we're going to look back and we're going to start to figure out, was this a rookie head coach's first game? It was. Was Were they the only team that started from scratch at all of the major positions? It was. This was the only team that came in with a new head coach, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, and a new quarterback. So maybe we can give them a pass when it comes to some of this stuff. I don't think you can give them a pass when it comes to all of this stuff, but it's certainly something I'm going to monitor moving forward with this Denver team is just the tendencies of Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, this is a team that, again, the we're, I'm, I've never coached one single down of NFL football in my whole life, but I can look and see that I have a, that I have a big mismatch with my wide receiver group yes. versus this secondary. Like, I should be able to, if I can do this, and I'm some schmuck sitting here in Las Vegas on this desk right now, and if I can do that, then a guy that's making millions of dollars to do this for a living should be able to figure that out and do that as well. Speaking of, if you can do this, I don't know about you, but, um, you know, we all see the clip of Peyton Manning from the Manning cast talking about, okay, let's take the time out in the final drive. Let's, let, let's take the time out here, Nathaniel Hackett. Let's take the time out. Take the, he was 0.0001% of what I was screaming at the TV to take a gosh dang time out. Are you kidding me? The expletives I was throwing at my television. But again, like, you are being paid a ton of money in that position. There are some numbers that I want to go through here with Russell Wilson on fourth and five or less in the fourth quarter in his career. He has a 68.8% conversion rate in those instances. Do you know how many 64-plus yard field goals uh, have been made since 1960, Matt? Since 1960, so 62 years. Yes. Yeah, I mean. How many? (laughs) Do you have a guess? Three. Two. Two. But the thing is. Four percent. But even if you go back, I mean, like, look. Two and 41 in those instances. Kickers are better. And so, like, I get it. Like, I mean, that's that's fine. Like, kickers are better. But even if you just go back to 2000, when we basically started letting kickers really, like, let it fly or whatever, it's still a absolutely pathetic percentage that these kickers are, are well, getting and in. he's over at 62 plus Brandon McManus specifically. And something that we were talking about before we came on air is all of the things that you see on Twitter of him making them in practice or all these other videos. Of course, what kicker doesn't make one of those in practice? The pressure's off. You're having fun. It's a Monday night football primetime game with the game on the line. Yeah. All kickers have the leg to do this. And so, so per true media kickers are now since 2000. So we're like, since the, you know, since they basically let kickers – back in the day, you get like it's, the, it's an evolution of a position. I mean, like a 45-yard field goal used to be considered kind of like a long field goal, right? And then like it got a little bit longer and it got a little bit longer. Now, a 45-yard field goal, we just assume is kind of like almost automatic with these guys. They've gotten so good and their legs have gotten so much bigger. And then so now we've moved into, yeah, 50-yarders and things and stuff like that. But since 2000, kickers are 2 for 29 on kicks of 64 yards or – Longer. So if you take a look here 
And you understand that, yeah, these guys have the leg to do it because you wouldn't even try this many if, like, mm -hmm. these, you know, you've never seen them do it in practice or whatever. The problem is, is keeping it straight for that long in the air. That's the biggest problem. But, I mean, you know, look, this it, Nathaniel Hackett, it's not, only, it's not only that decision, but it's a bunch of other ones. I mean, listen, they got the ball down to the one-yard line on two different occasions and ran running plays out of the shotgun, right? I mean, like, this is these are things that, again – Tom Brady would never do. Like, Tom Brady is lining up underneath the center every single time, and he's just falling forward for a touchdown. These are points that are being left on the board because, for whatever reason, we've gotten away from just the absolute fundamentals of the quarterback position, which is getting under and taking a normal snap, a traditional snap, and plunging forward for half a yard and scoring a touchdown, right? Two different fumbles on that on, on one yard <laughs> One yeah. yard line. So just runs. For, for a refresh, fumbled on fourth and goal from the one, on third and goal from the one, came up empty on another third and goal. So three possessions that were within eight yards of the goal line, and the the Broncos walk away with just three points on there. So again, if you're if you're a, a, a Broncos backer, or if you had the over last night, you're livid because oh, yeah. they were put in so many situations, red zone situations, to have success, and came away with just three points in all those instances. So. The Seahawks, because Denver had these like super long possessions as well in the second half, the Seahawks only had four possessions in the second half. Yeah. Six you... plays, 37 yards, fumble, so obviously zero points. Nine plays, 16 yards, punt, zero points. Three plays, negative six yards, punt, zero points. And then the three kneel downs to end the game. That was all Seattle had in the second half. That's it. And they still win the and yeah. they still win the game by Shut a point. Shut them out in the second yeah. half. Um, and I was even just I'm getting really tired. It's only week one, and I'm already getting real tired of having the better team and losing these games. Because um, even if you just go through the general game stat summary of how things played out on the team side, Denver had more first downs. They had more total yards, more yards per play, uh, passing and rushing in each of those instances. But time of possession, but they also had 12 penalties for 106 yards mm -hmm. that they had more in and the two fumbles lost that obviously were critical. Um, I did want to just go back ultimately real quickly to the decision by Nathaniel Hackett to kick that field goal because we heard from Russ and we heard from Nathaniel Hackett after the game and, and here's what they had to say. Yeah, we, we said, uh, we said, you know, where can you make it from tonight? And he said 46 left hash. I think we were on the 46, right? 46 left hash. That was before the drive. And we got it. We got it there. Unfortunately, it didn't go in. Um, I think he has a leg for it, for sure. Um, you know, just went a little left, I believe. And just, um, you know, in, in terms of, I believe in Coach Hack. I believe in what we're doing. Um, you know, and believe in everything. And, uh, you know, any time you can try to find a way to make a play on fourth and five, that, that's great too. But also, we I think we I think I don't think it was the wrong decision. You know, I think he can make it. Obviously, we hindsight, you know, we didn't make. It, but uh, if we were in that situation again, I wouldn't doubt whatever he decided. Yeah, fourth and six for me during that time, we had been just moving it slightly. Uh, they weren't moving it with big chunks. I think we had just given up a sack right before that. Uh, so wanted to be sure that we took a chance when we had a chance, and I felt confident in in, in him. I would have really liked to hear Russ in that instance say, I should, I wish I would have had the ball in my hands. I would have liked to have had the opportunity to make a play with the ball in my hands. So I was a little bit disappointed that he didn't say that. Um, and also with just the notion from Nathaniel Hack, oh, we weren't really moving the ball. We weren't getting those, those chunk plays. That we, he, they just had a nine yard play the play before. Yeah, I they know. need five yards. It's, and, and again, we're going back to these like know. coaching just, things we've got to figure out along the way as well. I mean, listen, 
even though he was utilized a ton in the passing game, Javante Williams was out was out touched by Melvin Gordon from a rushing perspective in this game. Again, we we talked about how he didn't just draw up plays to try early on in the game to get the ball to his wide receivers. I mean, that's something that we need to pay attention to as well as we kind of move forward on the Seahawks side of things. They did what I thought they were going to do with Tyler Lockett. They did with DJ with DK Metcalf mm-hmm. in this game, which is these little bubble screens of line just trying to get the ball in his hands and stuff like that. So, I mean, like maybe they've shifted philosophies there where it's like, hey, look, we're just going to do anything and everything we possibly can do to get the ball into DK Metcalf's hands. So, like, there's a lot of stuff we can learn from these coaches and their tendencies as we move forward and try and take this into our handicap as well. Because, yeah. again, maybe some of these teams – Maybe the Broncos are teams we're just going to be looking at like unders and like these totals maybe you're going to get out of, you know, be a little bit too high, at least for the first few weeks of the season. If these teams can't figure out a rhythm, if these coaches keep making the decisions that they're making, these are going to be like these are these are things I think that we can at least try and learn through these first few weeks of the season. Absolutely, and and hey, good for Geno Smith, ninth straight cover as a starting quarterback. He was twenty three for twenty eight, hundred ninety five yards, two touchdowns, no picks, uh, just one incompletion in the first half. He was fantastic, and the script uh, was a little bit more through the air than we expected. Also, in terms of survivor, um, we have my nice. Um, what, what do you call this thing? A headstone for yeah. my, my survivor the life, yes. the gravestone. Uh, yeah, my entries done like dinner, but I'm not alone. Of the 6,133 entries opening Circus Survivor, 2,685 are left. So 56% of those entries done as five of the top seven most picked teams lose or tie. 27 no submissions. At least I lost with dignity, people. At least I lost with dignity. Plenty more NFL headlines, though, when we come back. We're going to take a quick timeout. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? 
I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one on one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of that, like that, see that, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then he's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? You think I need it? Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN's Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Start your football season on the right foot by subscribing to VSIN Pro. Get full access to everything we do, including our daily picks at a glance, recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests, 24 7 video season prep, including our weekly college and pro football matchup guides covering every game all season long, pro tools like our exclusive betting splits, and pro tips updated every hour with actionable insights to up your betting game. Sign up on our discounted football special and get VSIN Pro access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for just 175 bucks, or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the sports betting network. Here's the thing. The longer you wait, the more expensive it is. True that. Because True if, that. You'd have, if you'd have paid the 175 two weeks ago, like we told you to, then it's cheaper per day. And every single day that you wait, it costs you more per day. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, just do it now. Get in there do, like just, swimwear, just, just go do it like right this second. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, by the way, one last thought just to... Put a stamp on uh, the Seahawks-Broncos game yesterday. The Seattle win did not come without a cost. Safety Jamal Adams was carted off the field with what's believed or what's been described as a serious quad tendon injury suffered in the second quarter. Um, Plenty of injury updates, though, for you around the National Football League. Most notably, Dak Prescott underwent his surgery Monday to repair the right thumb, and news was positive. According to Jerry Jones and everybody, that timeline has gone down from six to eight weeks now to four to six he said uh that they want Dak in consideration for playing within the next four games so they are not putting him on the injured reserve list yeah I mean that's fine and dandy I suppose but I mean it seems a little I I can't imagine that it's not incredibly optimistic that a guy had surgery on his throwing hand and would be back out there actually playing in four weeks right I mean like maybe this is a timeline of four weeks for him to start to get back in the groove or something or whatever but I mean there has to be some just recovery time of not even holding a football and so this is my own fault because I was obviously very rattled to start the show we do have a wonderful guest on in hour two Dr. Terrell Julian an orthopedic surgeon over at Kaiser Permanente Uh, very curious to get his opinion on this injury and a bunch of them that we're going to go through here but because especially because he is a doctor and I'm not because yes well I even said we should call the segment like I'm not a doctor. Yes. So we bring you one in. Yes. Um, zero zero minutes of medical zero school. doctor yes. experience. Zero, zero minutes of medical school. on this desk. Yeah. But I look to I mean Russell Wilson seems like a very good example who had the mallet finger last year and he came back uh, after missing just three games and was very open about saying he came back too early and the grip on the football things like that were a significant issue. So yes, it does seem optimistic. I'm not sure why you would rush it considering um, how important he is. Well, to your football team. I'll tell you why you rush Long it. term. Because if you take a look, I mean, this this could get very bad very quick, right? I mean, we're talking about them playing Cincinnati this week as eight-point dogs at this point, right? I mean, this move from a point, from one point to eight points, 
And now you have games in week three and week four against divisional opponents in which if you lose to the Giants and to the Commanders after already, uh, you know, I'm just assuming they're going to lose to Cincinnati here in week two. If Opened you go, a one and a half point favorite, now getting seven you, at home, by the way. You start 0-4 and, and it's over. I mean, like, it is it is completely over. And Because, I mean, I assume everyone is going to be looking at this away game against the Rams in week five as a, as a loss, and then they go on the road to Philly in week six as well. It well, is and not that out of the realm like that's, of possibility. That's Jerry Jones' target date yeah. is at the Rams, at SoFi Stadium, the defending Super Bowl champions. Let's get Dak back in there. By the time that, you know, that they're – that the Rams are like nice and kind of like, you know, broken in and everything. Cause that's another yeah, team that didn't Aaron play any Donald's starters. Not going to be aggressive at all. That's another team that didn't play any starters in the yep. preseason. So like they will have several games under their belt to kind of get going again. Maybe some rapport gets developed between Matthew Stafford and Allen Robinson and things like that, to where he doesn't just throw to Cooper cut 47 times a game, but it is not out of the realm of possibility for this Cowboys team to be 0 and six. And I, I think it's mm-hmm. actually Probably a coin flip whether yeah. they're going to be 0-6 or not. If you look at their quarterback situation, their wide receiver situation, the defense, by the way, is not as good as it was last year either. They took a step back. And so it is it is not out of the realm of possibility that they're 0-6. And we're talking about this team being dead mm-hmm. by week seven. Hence why they have gone from a favorite in the division now to the longest shot in the NFC East. Uh, the Cowboys, by the way, were the only NFL team this week to not score a touchdown of every single game. They're the only team that didn't do that. Um, and if you're a fantasy player, I know this is a betting show, but, like, get rid of C.D. Lamb. Like, every, I thought that he was going to have a huge season. Like, all this, but like if you're going to be with him having Cooper Rush throw him the ball <laughs> for the next four or five, six weeks, something like that, like, see what you can get for him. Get somebody to trade you for that guy because it, you are not going to get the production out of him that you thought you were going to get. And so at least try and recoup some of that somehow between swindling somebody who still thinks there's upside for him with Cooper Rush at quarterback. Yeah, and Jeremy Fowler did report that the Cowboys won't pursue a significant quarterback trade for now where things sit. So Cooper Rush and Will Greer both brought up from the practice squad in that instance. Like we said, they're taking on the Bengals this week. That line has had a significant move now to a seven-point underdog at home. The spread, that I mean, the, the total had opened 51 and a half, was taken off the board Sunday night, reopened 44 and a half, uh, and still getting under money down another point. Um, a team that's fresh off a win over the Bengals, the Pittsburgh Steelers had some injury updates today as well. TJ Watt easing the minds of Steelers fans everywhere when he uh, posted the Terminator I'll be back tweet this afternoon, uh, all but confirming the perceived optimism already that his pec injury would not be season ending. Adam Schefter followed up that he will not need surgery, expected to miss about six weeks, the reigning defensive player of the year. Uh, and also Najee Harris looks to have avoided a serious injury. Said on Mad Dog Sports Radio that his foot was good. He just got a little dinged up, nothing too crazy. And the plan as of now is for him to play on Sunday as well. Yeah, I mean, it's that's fine, I guess. But if you look at this, it's a team that is really, I mean, like the whole strength of this team was that defensive line, right? And so with him missing as many games he's going to miss, it's going to be felt for sure. I mean, that was it, – it was one thing we were pointing at with this team. We were like, hey, look, you know what? No matter what with the Steelers, they're gonna at least going to get to the quarterback. Right? They're going to get after the quarterback now, whether they can figure out – They're the best player in the NFL yeah, on defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll it's be like, fine. It's like they're, they're going to get after the quarterback, so at least we know that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if the teams figure out how to deal with it from there in the offense, we, we expect to be at least a little, you know, a little clunky – Along the way, but there you could always count on that. With TJ Watt out of there, it is going to be it's going to be tough sledding, in my opinion. Here, that being said, I mean this week, as point and a half, 
dogs on um, at home a, at home against this Patriot squad that I am really, really, really down on. I think this presents an incredible teaser opportunity for the Steelers at home here in a game with a total of as we sit right now at DraftKings, it's a flat forty, like forty. So you're getting seven and a half in a game with a forty total. You know, like give me that all, all, all day long. I mean, this is mo- th- this thing has moved. All it was at two point and a half, now down to one. I think everybody's kind of getting the same kind of feeling here with this. That it's like, even without him out there, what is the discernible difference in these two teams? Probably not a yeah. lot, right? And so with that, this we've seen this line fall. And I, I mean, I would suggest if you do want to play this, like. I would get the teasers in sooner as opposed to later, and this is teaser tu- teaser Tuesday. We'll talk teaser about this a little, a little bit later, but like this, I have I imagine this will be gone by the time the this thing kicks. I off. might honestly throw in a Steelers money line as mm-hmm. well, just because I yeah. I just have no trust in the Patriots at this point. Um, Thursday night football coming up this week: Chiefs and uh, Chargers going head to head, and uh, Tom Pelissero reporting that wide receiver Keenan Allen unlikely to play against the Chiefs after sustaining a hamstring injury against the Raiders week one. Um, also, the Chiefs have placed their first-round pick at corner Trent McDuffie on IR with a hamstring, so he'll be out of Thursday night football as well as three more games. Yeah, so this got hit this this morning. Uh, this this number blasted through the three, three-and-a-half, four, four, all the way to four-and-a-half at DraftKings as we sit right now. There's a five out there in this in favor of the Chiefs, and I think whenever you look at this, it's basically people saying, okay, look, it's a pretty it's a pretty bad situation for the for the uh, Chargers to go in without JC Jackson doesn't look like he's going to be back this week mm-hmm. either and then also without Keenan Allen. I mean Mike Williams didn't do anything at all in the offense last week and so now he's going to have to be your kind of de facto number 1 and with that I think the people are just looking at this and I I think rightfully so. I got in at the last three and a half that you could find on the Chiefs as soon as it looked like both of those guys were certainly going to be out and it's a, it's a, it's not that I don't think you know how high I am on the Chargers long term. It's just in this particular game, yeah. this particular week, as these two teams set up this week, I think it does favor the Chiefs fairly heavily. Yeah, and I think this number could climb. Just for your guys' information, though, as far as Keenan Allen's long term health, it does seem like this is a short term injury. The MRI didn't reveal any major damage, but with the short week playing it safe, by the time he does come back on the field, it would be September 25th against the Jacks. So two full weeks for him to recover from this. Did you see, by the way, that Amazon Prime, the Thursday night football broadcast, are going to be incorporating DraftKings betting content? So that'll be really cool for viewers. It will. I mean, who knows? Maybe you're going to turn on one of these Thursday night football games and see our faces at some point. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just throwing it out yeah, there. Yeah, hey, let's. Know? Let's make sure the bosses are listening to this. We would really mm-hmm. like to be a part of that. <laughs> yeah. But I think that'll be really cool, and it'll be good for viewers to get a taste of it. I, I don't know how much it'll be from an in-game perspective. I know pre-game they're really going to hone in on it, but beyond that, um, I'm not sure. It'll be interesting, though. More than anything, I hope that they make some of the content very 101 to like let yes. people kind of ease into all this and kind of understand what even a spread, a money line, a total, all that is. Yes, I've had a lot of people since betting has become more legal. <laughs> Minus 200. What does that mean? Yeah. Well, Hopefully, we'll lay it out for you. Uh, when we come back here, Jonathan Von Tobel, VEASAN's own host and contributor, will come back. We'll continue our NFL conversation and get a little college foosball talk in here as well. This 
is VSIN's final countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to VSIN Final Countdown. This segment of the show presented by Zinn Nicotine Pouches. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine. It's helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke free and spit free satisfaction. Zinn understands there's one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline's a little different, everyone's on their own journey. But whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step toward change, Zinn's there for you. Check out Zinn Nicotine Pouches at Zinn.com. That's ZYN.com. Warning this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Did you know? That the world record for the longest field goal in college, 69 yards. Apparently. These are the things that we look up in commercial breaks when Nobody we're, was there, though. So I don't, nobody no, was there. Yeah, so we don't, <laughs> we're, just, we're, just, we're just trusting the internet on this. Abilene Christian, apparently 17 mile an hour, wins at his back, and it goes through the uprights. Great, great stuff. There, were multi- there have been multiple 67-yarders, though, in D1. So, interesting. So Very that has interesting. Happened. 66, the longest in the NFL. Justin Tucker getting that one done. Let's uh, continue our NFL and college football conversation as we bring in VEASAN hosting contributor Jonathan Von Tobel, host of Live Bet Saturday and Sunday on the weekends, as well as the College Lines Revealed show. Fun facts all around JVT here as we commiserate over what was an awful finish to Monday Night Football. Uh, it was. It was a very dumb finish, too. Uh, I'm surprised. I say this every single year, and I say it with all seriousness. There are kids who play Madden who have better game awareness than a lot of these coaches do. Uh, it Unreal. was really bad. Also, very disappointed to Matt Brown, a uh, obvious, obvious opportunity to say nice when it comes to the 69-yard field goal. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Nice. Very, very, very true. I mean, so, John, I mean, we are, we spent a whole segment talking to this, but I do want to, I do want to get kind of your, your, your macro takeaway with this. And I'm, I'm not overreacting, I don't think, to, to one game here, but I did kind of say, we don't know what Nathaniel Hackett is as a coach. We've never seen him coach before. And so, I mean, we need to start and kind of figure out what his tendencies are. I mean, is he going to be super conservative? We didn't see a pass targeted to a wide receiver for 22 minutes in this game. Like, he didn't draw that up. He didn't say, by the way, no matter what, come hell or high water, throw this ball down the field to Jerry Judy in this mismatch that we've got going on here. Like, that didn't happen, right? And, like, we see the two run plays from shotgun at the one-yard line. We've seen some of the – so, like – I think that there is at least some handicapping of who he is as a coach moving forward as to how we view this Broncos team as a whole. I think so, Matt. You know, I think I used the phrase with you when we were talking about this on Friday, when we were talking about some of the coaches, the phrase win at the mar- winning at the margins, right? Or adding wins at the margins. This is a really great example of that. Adding wins at the margins means you as a head coach and your decision-making can up your win percentage by the situations you put your team in. And Nathaniel Hackett did not do that. Whether it's game management at the end, letting 30 seconds burn off so you can kick a field goal uh, and not trust your guy, Russell Wilson, who you acquired for money assets for, to go and get a first down to put your team in a better position to get a more uh, more reasonable field goal attempt. On top of that, your point, you know, remember that touchdown from Judy? He gets out in space. He burns a guy. He was absolutely incredible with the speed. There's no real cleverness when it comes to the drawing up a place to get guys like that, the ball in their hands and easy connections and seeing what they can do when they're out in space with blockers in front of them. Just little things like that. You didn't see it from Hackett. Now it's one game. And I do think we have examples of guys like I think Nick Sirianni is a really good example of a guy who saw something happen in the middle of a season, didn't really like it, changed his game plan near the end of the year. The Eagles were one of the hotter teams. Everybody loved them. And we know about how they're perceived at this point right now. So I wouldn't throw everything out with Hackett. 
But it was not a good start. And again, this is not a guy who's going to maximize the win probability of his team, at least from what we've seen up to this point. And that's not good for a team that's highly rated as we come into this season from a market standpoint. So, JVT, that's obviously something we're trying to learn from and see how we can put it toward weeks in the future. As you look to week two, was there any like big takeaway or a team or something that stuck out to you from week one that you're trying to use in your handicap here for week two? Yeah, and actually, I'm, I'm writing for this the, for the game capsule stormy, so it fits perfectly. But like, go to Miami and Baltimore, for example. You know, I think a lot of people are going to look at Miami and what they did against New England and think, "All right, cool, we're off to a good start with this new era." But if you look at some of the numbers for Tua and the Dolphins, it's not impressive. Like it was the second half, 4.1 yards per play, just three points. Uh, Tua Tunga Bailoa, 15 of his 23 completions within nine yards of the line of scrimmage, two turnover worthy plays as well. Uh, when he was under pressure, he was awful. It, it looked a lot of like the same for Miami. Now, I think the thing that kind of works in their favor and why the number has moved in the direction of the Dolphins this week is that the Ravens yet again are dealing with injuries. They lose a corner and a tackle to season ending injuries yet again after week one. So you're really thin along the offensive line and your secondary is taking a hit already, which is one of the biggest injury issues you had a season ago. But I think when you look at a team like Miami, for example, I wouldn't run away with, Hey man, look, they won that game. And they looked, I saw a lot of two looked incredible. I didn't see that. And the numbers back that up as well. And so now as the number starts to move in the direction of Baltimore, if we get to the point where we're talking about like three or even two and a half, dare we say, by the time Sunday rolls around, I'll be looking to play against Miami despite the injuries for Baltimore, because I think Tua and the Dolphins did not look very impressive on Monday or excuse me on Sunday. And they're facing a defense, which I think can exploit some of their issues. Super long tease here. Tune in on Friday. Me and John are not going to agree about this game. So uh, okay. let's cool. uh, let's uh, let's look at the uh, Bucks in the Saints here. A game that you do have some uh, an, an opinion on from a betting perspective. What we see right now in the market, Bucks are two and a half now. It's juiced two and a half, but this thing has moved off of the three. There is a three out there if you're looking for the Saints. So Saints taking some money today. 44, 44 and a half is the total. Here we do know Chris Godwin not going to be out there for the Bucks, going to miss some time. We saw Tom Brady, and you and I talked about this a little bit on Friday when we were doing a preview of this game. I mean, the one thing that he's good at is yep. getting the ball out quickly, and he had to do that a ton of times. And even with that, he took a bunch of sacks and was still getting pressured and hit. This offensive line is going to be an issue for this Bucks team. It seems no matter what going forward, it's just how can Brady and company deal with it. Yeah, and look, too, I mean, some of the other numbers for them, they were only 5 of 14 on third downs. That really showed in a lot of those short drives they got that they had to settle for field goals against Dallas. I thought they looked really uncomfortable and somewhat disjointed. It almost looked like a team whose quarterback took off 10 days in the middle of training <laughs> camp, right? Uh, but but I think when you look at this, for me, it's the takeaway in New Orleans. I think you and I touched on this on Friday that, you know, the Saints come into this season, I think, a little undervalued by the betting market, whether you looked at the price to, for them to win uh, the, a, the, a, the NFC South, excuse me, or in some of these matchups. And I think here, too, when you're talking about catching that full three at home against Tampa Bay, while home field, again, is not really worth that much, I get to grab a full field goal here with the Saints. And in that second half, they look so much better. Three consecutive scoring drives, back-to-back -to -back touchdowns. One of them, the field goal, which they needed at the end there. Jameis Winston graded out extremely well as a passer. Uh, I think that when you look at this overall, that this is going to be a play on New Orleans. If you haven't grabbed it, like you mentioned, there's a couple of three still out there. But I, I think we're going to get off of this three, and this is going to sit at two and a half for most of the week because I think the Saints team deserves much more respect than they're getting. And I would also say this, and man, I know we talked about this on Friday, you know, the Falcons, I think, are going to be a little bit better offensively than people are going to realize as the season begins here. And so I wouldn't freak out too much about that first half, specifically with some of the things that went wrong for New Orleans. They they hunkered down a little bit, the Saints did, uh, defensively in that second half. I think they're in a pretty good spot here, uh, not like a situation like you love, Matt, but a pretty good <laughs> spot here against uh, Tampa Bay to cover this number at home.
here with Jonathan Von Tobel at me, JVT on Twitter. Um, also, in addition, like in addition to the m many things that you do at the network on Sundays, you host the College Lines Revealed show. So as we look at some of these lines that opened up, one that definitely stood out to me was Nebraska, a 14-point underdog at home to Oklahoma. Already see that line down to 11 with Scott Frost out the door. Is this a situational spot where it's worth buying in on the Cornhuskers as an underdog, thinking that the team's going to go out there and fight for the interim guy? So I would say that the people I talked to said yes, right? We had Matt Humans on on Sunday. Uh, they have, in, him and others have improved the rating for Nebraska because of what has happened with Scott Frost and him being fired. And you know, Stormy, I think there's a lot of people who make the case like, hey, they're going to fight for the interim like you're talking about. But I think there is something to be said of kind of bringing this full circle to what we opened up with. Coaches that just add win probability to their teams. Scott Frost was not one of those guys. Scott Frost did not adjust when it came to some of his game plans, who notoriously ran his head into the wall with a lot of the same stuff on a week-to-week -week basis, and maybe him just not being there, right? The inability to move uh, in terms of your offensive game plan, maybe that's actually going to help here, in a sense, against an Oklahoma team that we still really don't know that much about. So I would say... I'm not sure if it's one of those win one for the Gipper types or if it's just, hey, Scott Frost really wasn't that great of a head coach here. And maybe just a change in terms of some of the minds that are going to be making the decisions is actually going to be worth a, a little bit of a bump in a power rating here. The market agrees because you mentioned it's a pretty strong move from 14 and a half. And some spots actually on Sunday, guys, open 16 wow. all the way down to where we're at right now. If you want to know how badly they wanted him out of town. They could have waited three weeks and saved right? seven and a half million dollars. They sunk and into that like, man. We ain't waiting three weeks. He got, get him out of here. Like, we don't care. We'll find the seven and a half million somewhere. We're not worried about that. That's just absolutely unbelievable. What are you looking at here in a game that I'm sure a lot of people, uh, we got about a minute, John, in this BYU-Oregon yep. game. I'm just really surprised uh, by the, I, I guess it would be the injury situation with BYU. I just, I've been really impressed, Matt, with BYU through the first two weeks. And, and I bet against them, I took Baylor in that spot uh, last Sunday and they get that win in overtime against them. It might have been double overtime, can't remember. But regardless, you know, they get that win over Baylor. I've been thoroughly impressed with that team, and specifically when they had their top two receivers out. If they're going to be healthy in this matchup with Oregon, uh, I'm going to back them here. I, I think Bo Nix, you know, you get to beat up on a lesser opponent last week, but this Oregon team, I think, is a little overvalued by this market. And BYU defensively has been pretty good. The kickoff time helps Oregon a little bit more, but I like this BYU team a lot. They have been one that I have upgraded the most of the first few weeks of the college football season. It was double OT and big fan as well. Yeah. Uh, they got the win and cover there at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Thank you so much for the time, JVT. Appreciate you. Always good to talk to you guys. Jonathan Von Tobel at me, JVT on Twitter. Um, looking at the money that Nebraska has sunk into Scott Frost. $3 million buyout to leave UCF. $24 million salary the last couple years. Now $15 million buyout. That's a lot. That's fun. That's a lot. <laughs> Pay me $15 million to leave here. I'll never, you'll never see me. Teaser gone. Tuesday coming up here in a little bit on VSIN Final Countdown. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. 
The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow The Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN's Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Kick off football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for every line boost and special. Lace up for week two with Bet Rivers Parlay Insurance and Touchdown Insurance offers every Sunday. All season long, build a parlay of at least four legs. And if it loses, you get your stake back as a free bet up to 25 bucks. Wager on any player to score the first touchdown on Sunday night football every week and get your money back as a free bet if they score at any time. Head to betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. It's a whole new game. Why are you staring at me? I was wondering, there's no eligibility in that one? No! Uh, Will you quit it? I'm just wondering. I'm actually paid to speak professionally, so it was <laughs> Thank inevitable. Thank you very much. It's inevitable that I would get that down eventually. Do you know, um, so, so very rarely does an NFL team do what I want them to do from a player personnel perspective out of spite. But, they, but, the, but the Colts have waived... <laughs> Rodrigo? They have, have waived Rodrigo Blankenship, their kicker, who... Cost me an incredible amount of money this week because if he makes that 42-yard field goal, then all of the Colts' teaser legs get home, and this week that turned out being just a meh week turns into, like, this great week, and we're all in here, and we've come in, we've got to popping bottles and stuff like that, just shooting the champagne corks across. I want to pop bottles so bad. Did you— do you ever do you, do you pop it or do you do the little sword thing? Oh, with I them? wish I could do the sword thing. Little sword thing. You've seen what happens in Vegas, right? Yeah, when Cameron yeah. Diaz is doing that the whole time. I wish I I would give anything to be able to do that. I tried I, it one time, just lopped the whole neck of the bottle off, and everything just started rolling. It was not cool at all. You're it, gonna it, it think didn't I'm, work. I'm such a child. I honestly have like a legit fear of 
being one of those people that loses her eye from a champagne bottle getting popped. So I do it super slow and I just like avoid yeah. it at all costs. Don't want to hurt anybody. Just pull it out like a normal person. It was a horrible decision. Well, I mean, I thought it was a great decision on my part because I was like, oh, I'm going to show everyone. It's going to be so cool. Be awesome. I'm going to do the little like I'm sort it. And then I lopped and then just the whole neck just fell off. And then the champagne just poured out of it. I was like, this is not I worth thought it. you were going to say you cut like a piece of oh, your I thumb off no, or I still something. Have all, all, all my phalanges are still here. Like, there you yes, go. Very proud good. of you. Yeah. Well, let's see how many um, legs that you mm. have left when oh, it comes to Teaser Tuesday. Bam, hey, now. What a good one. Uh, and it is Teaser Tuesday. Very excited. Hopefully, we'll get some dubs in here this time oh, around. Man, look at that. that is a cool. Gra- Whoa. Oh. Wow. Uh, Producer Steph did not tell us that was no. coming. Anybody and I, that's just, a genuine reaction from us. Anybody who's just listening is like, what the yeah, hell is wrong with We had a nice little intro. You sh- this is why you pay for the VEASAN.com subscription. Obviously. But 175 from now till the Super Bowl. Stream us on Sling and YouTube TV. So you can Hello. see the cool little bumpers, and that's what you needed and get it. So. That was awesome. So it's Teaser Tuesday. Yeah. Um, you already talked about one potential teaser mm-hmm. team this week, but as you l- go through the list of Week 2 games – Whereas last week, we felt like we had so many options, which largely bit us in the rear Mm -hmm. end. This week, it feels a little bit uh, dicey. It's pretty thin. I mean, like, there are some non-traditional options that I think people are going to be looking at this week. But as far as, like, the traditional options, I mean, there's not a ton. That said, we were talking to John last segment. Just as we've been sitting here, this thing has moved off the three from the Saints, and it's moved to two and a half. So now the Saints at home – up to eight and a half does become an option, which I imagine is going to be a very, very popular play mm-hmm. this week against the Bucs. Listen, yes, you they've got Tom Brady. Yes, the Bucs go out there and get it done. That being said, not having Chris Godwin out there, and again, if you look at the underlying, like you go back and watch the All-22, it was Tom Brady taking a bunch of hits, mm-hmm. taking a bunch of sacks, getting guys in his face left and right. And the defensive line for the Saints is is actually pretty good. And so I think that we're going to see a lot of the same that we saw last week against Tom Brady not having Godwin out there. Getting eight and a half at home in a game with only a 44 total I think is certainly an option for us. But, again, we are just, like, getting pretty thin. So – I know you don't believe in a lot of these types of things, Mm -hmm. but I do. And we talked a lot about it when it comes to the 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. Mm -hmm. Sometimes teams have each other's number. The Saints are one of those teams that always tends to have their best game against Mm -hmm. the Buccaneers. So another reason to like them in this case. But I was just going through some of the numbers of the last couple of years between these two. Um, Obviously swept the Bucs last year. Um, And then the year before that when they won the Super Bowl, swept them as well. And then the year before that, they have won seven straight games against their division rival Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That last loss that uh, the Saints had was a 48-40 shootout September 9th, 2018. Average margin of victory since Tom has been there, 16 points per game. We just had JVT on. He said he liked the full field goal. Again, if you want that, there is one. Things like that do. I know that like you don't like trends like that, but I mean, things like that to me just ugh, really bother me, and it makes me not want to like lay points in a situation like that. Yeah, personally. No, I, look, I, I I get it. I mean, look, I mean, for some of those wins, the Saints had Drew Brees, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So I mean, like, it's it's a different scenario than it is right when now. When he was getting old. That said, I think Jameis again, another one of these guys who was dealing with some preseason stuff and didn't get a bunch of work in and all that. And like, I do believe in that second half, Jameis started to kind of get in a groove, like started to feel a little bit better mm-hmm. and certainly started to get a little bit more rapport with these receivers and stuff. And I think that that could carry over for sure here in this one. Again, getting eight and a half, I think is just going to be one of the most popular teaser legs 
of the week. We got the Giants and the Panthers as well sitting at two and a half. So mm-hmm. that one could be a Panthers up to eight and a half. Another low total here at 43. So you'd be getting eight and a half in a 43-point game. I don't know how good this Panthers team is going to be as a whole over the course of the entire season, but I do know that had the Giants not won this past week, that this would not be sitting two and a half, that this would probably be a pick if not a one-point favorite mm-hmm. in favor of the Panthers. And so I think a little bit of an overreaction from what we saw last week. And honestly, I thought there was a little bit of good from what we saw in this Panthers team line, despite losing to the Browns, who aren't very good. But I thought I the saw the second half fight a little bit yeah. of good in this team, and like a little bit of Baker Mayfield kind of coming into his own as well. We we should point out again the same thing we just talked about with the Saints. Baker Mayfield wasn't there all summer. He mm-hmm. wasn't able to work out the team all summer, and he wasn't able to get in you know a ton of work with these guys before he you know had to go out there and start a game. And he was technically still in the quarterback battle, you know, up until everything went sideways for this team. So. I mean, getting them up to eight and a half, I think both of those are going to be legs people are going to to, to certainly flock to. And we mentioned earlier, I mean, the Patriots and Steelers. That's this down one, to one now, by the way, already one, on DraftKings. Yeah, you can find a couple of one and a half rest of country. So, again, it's one of those things where we keep saying some we don't always like to bet super early in the week before we get injury reports and know exactly what's going on and specifically here with the Steelers team. But kind of nothing's going to change your opinion with the Steelers because we kind of know, right? Like, yeah. Watt's not going to play. Najee Harris may, may not play, but I don't know if that's really going to change your opinion on how this game really goes. I mean, I think that you think that the Steelers at home are just not an underdog any way, shape, or form to the version of the Patriots that we that we saw I, yes, this past week. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, a couple other numbers on the move here. The Cowboys up to eight-point dogs now at home. San Francisco, money has come in clearly because they are a double-digit favorite now at home against the Seahawks, which bleh. Um, and, oh, another two and a half, though, we hear. Commanders at Lions. Yeah, two and a half on that one. This is not my least favorite. I will tell you, my least favorite is one that you just mentioned a second ago. But um, I this is one I would not play. I think that the Commanders, look, I thought it was I thought it was a fine performance within this past week. I actually rewatched the condensed version of that game this morning, and I think that they did some pretty good things, right? I mean, I think that there was something, if you're the Commanders, that you can feel if you're a Commanders fan, I think that you can at least kind of move into this week feeling a little bit more confident that there wasn't any incredibly terrible bonehead plays out of Carson Wentz. They were able to use Curtis Samuel a whole bunch more, which is a guy that they were super excited about last year, and he made absolutely no impact on the team. Ended up coming out and was the leading target and rece- leading guy, leading target receiver and actual receptions receiver for this team in Week One. Lions, though, it just to me. This I think, again, I continue to think that this Lions team, kind of like person to person, man, like position to position, is probably the best uh, best team here. So I, I don't really enjoy this. And the one I hate the most, though, is the one you just mentioned, is, is, is Cincinnati and Dallas. Like, getting Dallas down to two points is – I mean, getting, uh, getting, getting the Bengals down to two points here, like, I am – I'm cautiously optimistic – that Cincinnati is going to be much, much better than they showed in week one from an offensive line standpoint. But I'm also incredibly worried that Micah Parsons going absolutely nuts in this case. Like, I hate the Cowboys. <laughs> I think that there's, you know, I hate the Cowboys moving forward, like everything about this team. But what if this Bengals offensive line doesn't figure it out for like another three or four weeks or something like that? And Joe Burrow just continues to get absolutely pounded left and right. Like, this is one I'm a little bit nervous about. That being said, 
Who knows? By the time by the time we get there, we 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 might be on that well, one. Well, we'll discuss yeah. the Bengals a little bit more on the other side of the break in contender or pretender. But mm-hmm. at the end of hour one, like we do every hour here on VSIN, go to VSIN.com slash subscribe for all of these. It's time for a pro tip, Matt. Yeah, and this one was from segment one here. And basically it's like, listen, as we're evaluating these teams moving forward, we shouldn't just stick to just the player personnel. We should also be looking at the coaching staff, specifically these head coaches and any tendencies that we might be able to find along the way that can help us in our handicap because there are coaches we know that are super conservative. We know that there are coaches that will take more gambles. We found out it just in week one. Brian Dayball looks like he's going to be one of those coaches that's going to mm-hmm. take more gambles. It looked like through week one that Daniel Hackett tends to lean more to the conservative side. Now, just as we continue through the first three, four weeks of the season, don't just pay attention to what's happening inside of the field, but also on the sidelines as well. I love um, that going for a 64-yard field goal is conservative, <laughs> but no. <laughs> well, yeah, not going for yeah, not getting the field goal. We'll be right back. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 